at the 25, yeah, pitches it. it back to Wycheck, he throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something, 30, he's got 40, something, 50, he's got it, 40, he's got it, 20, 10, he's got it, end zone, touchdown Titans, there are no flags on the field, it's a miracle, Tennessee has pulled a miracle, a miracle for the Titans. Here come the volunteers, wherever you listen throughout the world, it's football time in Tennessee. Welcome into Tennessee Talk Overtime. I am Noah McKay coming at it alone again this uh, tonight. Just like last night, Chase will be back on Wednesday, but we are recapping the Titans. 31-30 win over the Minnesota Vikings, and it wasn't always pretty, but the Titans are 3-0. and We'll get to it, but first got to get to the housekeeping. Follow us on Twitter, at TNTalkPod. Like us on Facebook. If you're new to the page, click that like button. Give us five stars. Tell us why you like the show and a recommendation. Our Patreon, it is seven bucks a month. Get you access into the private Tennessee Talkers group. We have game threads. They had a special merchandise sale in there yesterday, so that's pinned to the top of the page if you want in on that. Our merchandise, the link will be pinned into the comments. It helps us out. Some real comfortable hoodies, jackets, t-shirts, everything. Dog onesies, mugs, everything. Tennessee Talk. Rep that. Good prices. Good quality stuff. That helps the show out as well. We are part of the UCR Media Network. UppercumberlandReporter.com for all the latest written content on the Titans, Vols, Preds, and Grizzlies. And we are partnered with TNS at 10 Sports on Instagram. That is at 10 Sports for all the latest news on all the teams we cover. And then some. You can help us out by hitting that share button. Hit share to a group. Type in Titans. All the Titans groups you're in. Hit share so we can talk about this game together. As everyone rolls in, you see the merchandise link there posted by Chase. And let's get to it. Uh, Anthony says, this team is resilient. I'm calling it now. Guskowski for MVP. Yeah, let's give it. Let's go ahead and say who the MVP of the game was. Steven Guskowski. Man, 6 for 6. And I was not confident in that 55-yarder. Not because I didn't have confidence in Guskowski. He clearly gave me reason to be confident in him. But you cannot ask a guy to kick six field goals from deep, which this team did today. They did it, and he nailed the kick and got the win. The defense got a, a couple of stands. And I'll say this once again. It wasn't pretty. But it never has to be pretty in the National Football League. The Titans are 3-0. They are first place in the AFC South for another week. And you went on the road to Minnesota against a team that was underrated coming into this game. I talked about a little bit why. I thought this team posed uh, some threats against the Titans. I don't think Kirk Cousins is as bad as he looked last week. I think we saw that again today. Uh, But... The Titans went on the road, and they got it done. And there are some negatives to get to, but there are also some positives. And let's get to some of these comments. Trey says, the pass rush you've wanted all offseason showed up at the right time. And you know what? If you watched the show this week, you saw, I said, I think this was the opportunity for the pass rush to finally get home and get some sacks. And you saw them be a little bit more disruptive today. You really saw that. I think Vic Beasley added something to this pass rush. Jadavian Clowney looked the best that he's looked as a Titan. I think part of that was he had Beasley on the other side. It now opens him up to take some snaps off that he's not playing the entire game 
game, which is a very unfair thing to ask an outside linebacker. Um, but the pass rush was a lot better today. And it was anchored in the middle by Jeffrey Simmons. And I don't want to hear any more people talking about Jarrell Casey. This defense has problems. We'll get to them in a moment. But Jarrell Casey leaving is so Jeffrey Simmons can emerge. That roughing the passer call is BS. It's the dumbest rule in football. That's not roughing the passer. But other than that, he was tremendous. And Jeffrey Simmons anchored that interior defensive line, which was good today. Now, the secondary is another story. The coaching is another story. And we'll get to that. Travis, who is a Patreon subscriber, says, I'm very concerned about the defense. And yeah, Travis, me too. Um, and here's why. I think a Dory Jackson helps this defense, right? I mean, you'd rather have a Dory Jackson on the number two wide receiver than, than Jonathan Joseph. But a big problem with this defense right now is the coaching. It is the coaching. And, and Mike Vrabel took a big risk on himself to not name a defensive coordinator, and him and Shane Bowen are calling plays. And, and this team looks like a team that needs a defensive coordinator at this point. I mean, it just does. Um, and and I, it's not hamper on Mike Vrabel because he's the head coach of a football team that's 3-0, and and that's hard to do. And they'll have a chance to go to 4-0 and next week. But it, it, this is a... It's a fair criticism to talk about Mike Vrabel on the defensive side of the ball and the play calling defensively, which has not been strong by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they, they've really hung their team out to drive with some of these play calls. And Justin Jefferson feasted. By the way, thanks, Justin Jefferson, because I've, I've had you on my fantasy team. Uh, my fantasy team's 2-0, and about to be 3-0. and But I've had you on my fantasy team, and you've done nothing for two weeks. Then you play the Titans, and you line them up. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> sitting on my bench this week because I'm not starting him against the Titans. But yeah, uh, the coaching defensively, and we'll look at the All-22 tape when it comes out tomorrow and, and get a better gauge on it, but I didn't feel like they put the team in a good chance, a good opportunity to succeed. Now here's the other thing. I don't want to just talk negative because there are some positives, like 31 points by this offense. And it's unbelievable that they kicked six field goals and scored 31 points. And you saw the offense lock in in the second half. And it was critical. They got some adjustments. And here's the thing with it. A lot of the offensive struggles were coaching. I do not understand why Arthur Smith does not feed Derrick Henry more. I mean, I, and, and it's about timing of feeding Derrick Henry. There are two drives in that fourth quarter that resulted in field goals where Derrick Henry is marching down the field. And all of a sudden, on first and second down, on the first drive, they run a reverse trying to pass it with Humphreys. And then they throw it to Westbrook instead of one of your top wide receivers. Makes no sense to me on either call. Instead of feeding Derrick Henry, who's running downhill effectively. And then on the second drive, they do the same thing. And you take the ball out of Derrick Henry's hands. The... the the, the team should have kicked a field goal with 30 seconds to go in the game or scored a touchdown on that drive. Instead, they throw the ball twice and look terrible doing it. I don't understand the, the thought process behind Arthur Smith. And it's not just hammer on Arthur Smith time because his offense has scored 31 points and, and at least 31 points in two straight weeks. That's a positive. But I think this team should have scored more and they should have won by more today if the coaching had been better. I don't think that the team coaches put their players in the best uh, position to succeed in this ball game, and they will address that, and I'm sure this will be a self-reflective coaching staff, at least I hope so. Uh, I, I am a little bit concerned about the fact that uh, there hasn't been more talked about on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like they're kind of relying on, well, we didn't have Vic Beasley, you know, we don't have a Dory Jackson, and Yes, that is a thing. A Dory Jackson will help this defense, but I don't think a Dory Jackson solves these defensive issues, right? I don't think a Dory Jackson coming in suddenly solves the fact that this team can't cover a number two wide receiver over the top. I don't think it solves the fact that this team is horrible when it comes to covering crossing routes. And we saw the, the Vikings feast on that again today. It will not help the fact that this team is horrible in run, de in de run defense. The run defense has to be addressed. And, and 
the run defense is going to cost this team games. And James Conner next week is licking his chops. You gave up a career high to Dalvin Cook, who's a pretty good running back. Like, it's not like he's never had a good game. He's not James Robinson last week. And you give up a career high in rushing yards to him. The Titans are very blessed at this point to be 3 and up. Right? I mean, they, they they were outplayed for the majority of that football game, and they won the game. Now, I do think that's the mark of a good football team, and we've talked about it at length on the show. This is a team built to win in different ways, right? You, you really control the game against Denver. If you get better field goal kicking, you handle that game pretty easily. Last week, it's a straight-up shootout. This week, you don't play well on either side of the ball for the entire first half and part of the second half, but you still find a way to win the game, right? This team is built to win in different ways, and that's a big positive, but it... it there are things that have to be addressed for this team going forward because you're hitting a really rough part of your schedule. You have Houston, or pardon me, you have Pittsburgh next week, and, and I'll pull up the score here, but I believe that Pittsburgh was winning, at least they were when I came live, Pittsburgh was winning against, um, and, and somebody can tell me there if they had the scoreboard in front of the if Pittsburgh won against Houston. Hopefully they did because obviously we want Houston to lose, but uh, and Houston to be at 0-3 as I scroll down here. Yeah, so... Pittsburgh is it's 3 and 0. It's going to be two 3 and 0 teams next week in Nissan Stadium. And so they're going to have to play better than they played today in the first 3 weeks to to get a win over over a good Pittsburgh team, a team that's playing well, a team that can run the football with James Conner and Benny Snell. So we'll address that on Wednesday, but those are things they're going to have to fix this week because Pittsburgh is a better football team than Minnesota is, and Minnesota just just gashed you pretty good. Uh, Caleb says D- defense looking horrible. Yeah, the defense was not good. It just wasn't. And I tweeted it over at, at TN Talk Pod. I, I talked about that this, this defense just is not playing well. Uh, they don't look well coached right now. They look like they're struggling to find their identity as a team. And, and that's something that they'll address. But I do want to talk about some of the positives because, like I said, of course, this was not all negative. And Ryan Tannehill, let's talk about it because he, he didn't have a good first half. The interception that he threw, um, I believe it may have been early in the second half, can't remember off the top of my head, was not very good. He didn't have his best game, and yet you look at the stat line, 23 or 37, 321 yards, didn't get a touchdown today. You'd like to see that, obviously, but uh, and one touchdown. Ryan Tannehill, once again, when this team needed him to be strong, and he did dodge a bullet with the dropped interception, thank you for that, uh, but... When this team needed the drive for the third consecutive week, Ryan Tannehill delivered the drive and put his team in field goal range to win the football game. And that is why, for all the morons out there who said you shouldn't pay Ryan Tannehill, you were wrong. This is why you paid Ryan Tannehill $114 million, is for these three weeks to go 3-0 and with key drives, right? And it was a quiet calm about him. He never felt like the game was away from him. He just went about his business. He hit a bomb to Khalif Raymond early in the game that spiked his team right back into the game. You blink and all of a sudden the Titans are winning after they were down 12 points. That is because of Ryan Tannehill and the play that he's had. So, was it a perfect game by him? No. And you're never going to have a perfect game. Uh, you're very rarely will have a perfect game in the NFL against a decent football team. A team that's better than I think what their record indicates. But Ryan Tannehill delivered the drive for the third consecutive week and that that's all you want. Aaron says Guskowski found his mojo. Yeah, absolutely. And you do got to give some credit to John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, and his staff for not giving up on Steven Guskowski. They decided he was their best option in the last two weeks. Besides one missed extra point, he's been absolutely money. So you, you, congratulations. you, you got to give some props to, to Mike Vrabel. This team, at least in the interim, has figured out their kicking issues, which is very good because if they didn't have a kicker today, right? if this was Cairo Santos last year, the Titans got blown out. 
and they didn't. And you got to give a lot of credit to Steven Giskowski. He, he gave you 18 points today, and they weren't chip shot field goals, right? It wasn't like they were trotting him out from 30 yards every time. I mean, he was hitting from 53, 55, 49. Those, those kicks are not easy, and, and it's why I had a bad feeling about the last one because I said, man, you're asking this guy to kick so many field goals. And at what point and I wouldn't have even been mad if he had missed the kick because they just trotted him out so much. But he made the kick uh, when he needed to, and that was critical. Let's talk about the kick. Derrick Henry, 26 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns. I think today was his most effective game. I've talked about that he's been largely ineffective. Uh, not that he's been bad, second in the league in rushing. We like that, obviously. But he hasn't been hitting the hole as aggressively, and a lot of that was on the run blocking. But uh, very good performance out of Derrick Henry today. I do hate, with a vehement passion... Arthur Smith insisting on running halfback sweeps with Derrick Henry. It's something we talk about a lot in the Patreon subscriber group, the Tennessee Talkers. Um, I don't understand why you run halfback sweeps when you have a defensive end playing running back who can run a 4-5. To me, it's simple. And you got to do some... I get sometimes you want to change the defense and keep them honest, but the majority of the time, this needs to be a downhill running football team. And I don't. there's too much east and west action with this rushing attack right now. I want to see more north and south. Derrick Henry driving down the field, right, getting his head going. Because when he does that, he gets four or five yards of carry. And if you average four or five yards of carry, you're going to score touchdowns. And you're going to move the ball effectively. So I, I, I'd be okay with being done with the uh, whole halfback sweep on every drive by Arthur Smith. I, I think I think at times today, Arthur Smith got too cute, and it stalled out some drives that didn't need to be stalled out. But still, the team found a way to score 31 points. It wasn't pretty, but they scored 31 points. Uh, Aaron with a great point. Lawan going out hurt us for a bit. Yeah, it did. And, and this gets back to my one problem with the roster as constructed was the backup tackle position because Isaiah Wilson was a horrible pick. I said it at the time. I remember continue to say it. He was a terrible draft selection, and it's proven that time and time again. You don't have any tackle depth, right? And especially on that left side, there's there's nobody there, and the poor guy got eaten alive today by the Vikings, and, and that will hurt, and you really hope that it was just a stinger by Taylor Lewan, and he comes back in the game quickly, or, or comes back next week and is okay, but we'll wait and see. I'm sure the Titans won't tell us, and he'll be questionable all week until we have game day, but uh, hopefully Taylor Lewan is okay, because that would be a big, big loss for this team against a very stout defense Front. Pittsburgh's defensive front's a lot better than Minnesota's is, and that's going to present a challenge next week. Salam says Henry turn up in the second half of the season. He's going to have a he's having a good start, better than last year by the third game. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Dwayne says what was with all the passing on the last series instead of running the ball? Yeah, and, and this is it's a great Dwayne. It was as a great comment, and I, I I hit on it a little bit earlier, but it's Arthur Smith getting too cute. Derrick Henry's running the ball effectively. Just feed him, and I don't understand the insistence on I I, I well. You know, maybe we should uh, run the ball or, I mean, run a reverse to Adam Humphreys and try to let him throw it. Or maybe we should throw an out route. I don't understand to Westbrook. You, you just need to run the ball downhill. And the fact that this team uh, didn't do that at the end of the game, you could have kicked it back to, to Minnesota with 30 seconds to go on the clock. Instead, it was 144 and you had to sweat. Thankfully, you got a bad snap that turned into a fumble. But I, I, I don't understand the play calling there to not just feed Derrick Henry. Even if you have to kick the long field goal, at least you're kicking the long field goal with 30 seconds to go as opposed to a minute and 44 when all Minnesota needed was a field goal. And Adam Thielen almost caught that Hail Mary. Like, that was a cons that was sweaty times. It, it got ripped away, thankfully, but he almost caught that. Uh, Caleb says, I always said they should have drafted Justin Jefferson instead of Isaiah Wilson and Jefferson went off today. I agree. This team, and it gets to something, and I don't know if you, you've seen me say this, uh, but 
this team, look at what Kansas City did. Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, and they go, well, we got a pretty good roster like the Titans. You know, I think it's a better roster than the Titans, but we got a pretty good roster. We could try to fill up some depth. You know what? No, we're going to go get a weapon. We're going to go get Clyde Edwards and Lair. Because we want another weapon for our offense. Or on the defensive side of the ball, a top corner. And John Robinson didn't do that. John Robinson went to a project right tackle instead of getting a weapon in a draft that was stock full of weapons. I think it was a mistake. I think it hurts this Titans team offensively to not have a weapon like a Justin Jefferson on the outside. But th- th- these, um, I-, I do think it was a mistake by John Robinson to not draft a weapon in that first round because you haven't seen your pick and your window's open, right? It'd be one thing if you think, you know, we're a year or two away, right? We're a year or two away from competing for a Super Bowl. No, this team was now. The time was now for this team to go for a Super Bowl. They still could win the Super Bowl. They're 3-0. and But I think if you had a Justin Jefferson or another weapon, that would that would raise the stakes for this team even higher, that raise the potential of this team uh, and the explosiveness of the offense a little bit more. So that was a whiff, and now I think it's going to come home to roost because you still don't have the right tackle depth or the left tackle depth that you need. And if, if Taylor LeJuan can't come back, that's going to be a, a rough next week, I think, on that left side. Cody says, Simmons shouldn't have been called for roughing the passer on Minnesota final drive. Totally agree with you. Garbage call. And Cody, I know you're asking. Our merchandise is live. Click that link. If anybody wants merchandise, you saw the hoodies on yesterday's show and and Wednesdays, there's lots of stuff in all sorts of different colors. I hope you'll check out the merchandise. It helps us greatly, uh, and it's really comfortable stuff and, and good stuff. So make sure you click that link if you enjoy the content. Uh, and it's just good clothes, right? Everybody needs a new outfit every once in a while. So go and check it out. appreciate it. All right. Ethan says he may have already hit on it, but Raymond looked better today. Yeah, I have it. Khalif Raymond did look good today, and I'll pull up the stat line. I mean, three receptions, 118 yards. And, and here's the thing with Khalif Raymond. I don't hate Khalif Raymond, contrary to popular belief. I really don't, right? But... He's going to be this hit-or-miss player. Not every week. Like, don't pick up Khalif Raymond in your fantasy team. He's not going to go three receptions, 118 yards. But what he can do, I appreciate that, Cody. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, But he's not going to be this big-time stat producer. But what he is is a home-run threat for this offense, right? And he's not going to do it every week like we've seen. But every once in a while, he's going to get loose a couple of times and really punish a defense. And that deep threat is important for this offense to have, especially in the absence of A.J. Brown. If Khalif Raymond can continue to make defense respect that over-the-top passing game, that'll be very valuable for this team, not only in the passing game, but also in the running game. So I don't think Khalif Raymond is, is the savior on the wide receiver room, but he is going to be that gadget player over the top. And I I agree, Ethan. I like how he brings some speed to the offense for the deep ball as well. And you need that offensive speed. You need some defensive speed in the back end. You can leave Raymond play corner because that would be nice. You, you, we've got to address the lack of speed. Adoree Jackson will help that. But, man, Jonathan Joseph can't keep up with Justin Jefferson. And we got real lucky today that we got out with the win. I, the Titans are blessed to be 3-0. and I'm very happy the Titans are 3-0. and Was it perfect? Absolutely not. You gave up 181 yards rushing to Dalvin Cook, 226 yards rushing to them. Uh, Kirk Cousins looked competent, regardless of the two interceptions, and you almost lost, but you won the game. And in the National Football League, all that matters is that you win the football game. And that's it. You're 3-0, and and there are going to be very few teams that are 3-0. and Hopefully, Indianapolis gets stunned today by the Jets. It won't happen. And Cody says, uh, Joseph got exposed. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think Jonathan Joseph's a really valuable for the piece for this team as the number four corner. 
I do not, th- if the top three corners are Malcolm Butler, who needs to be better, I'm going to look closely at his tape before giving my full thoughts, because off the top of my head, I'm not happy with Malcolm Butler, but I want to watch him specifically. I will do that, and I will give you my thoughts on Malcolm Butler on the show on Wednesday at 7.30, uh, after I can see the tape and see the coaches film and those sorts of things, but I want to look at it. But if your top three corners are Butler, Adoree Jackson, and Christian Fulton, who had a good game today as well, believe it or not, Two weeks in a row, I believe he's had a solid game. Uh, Jonathan Joseph is at four spot as that veteran presence, I think, is valuable. But when he's your number two corner on the outside going up against a young stud like Justin Jefferson, you're in for a bad time. So I don't think he needs to get cut or anything like that. But, yeah, he got exposed today on the outside, Cody. I agree. He's 36 years old. I mean, and, and he looked it. And he looked at against a young, quick Justin Jefferson. Caleb says, I think the Titans need to go find a cornerback, either trade for one or in free agents. Well, here's the thing, Caleb. Like, at this point, there's no good corners in free agency. They're all signed. You hope that Adoree Jackson can come back either next week or the week after, right? He'll be able, he'll be eligible to return this week. And I know the report yesterday that it could be two to four more weeks. You hope that may be incorrect. I doubt it is. But this team is going to have to find something. And I think it's Dion. I don't know if Dion's watching. He's a Patreon subscriber. Always talks about uh, – Ty Smith, and Ty Smith got some playing time today. I don't know if it's a Ty Smith, but you're not going to be able to find a guy in, in in the free agency market. And when it comes to a trade, John Robinson just hasn't shown the willingness to make in-season trades very often as the general manager of this team. So I wouldn't expect either one of those things to happen. I mean, last year you picked up a guy like Tremaine Brock. That's the level of guy you're talking about in free agency, and a Tremaine Brock can't slow down a Justin Jefferson. So the Titans are kind of locked in here with the cornerback situation until a Joy Jackson can return. The coaching needs to put them in better positions to succeed, though. This soft zone stuff's got to stop. This playing 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. I mean, you play 15 yards off the line of scrimmage and soft coverage, and you still get torched over the top by Justin Jefferson. At least check a guy at the line, right? At least throw him off his route a little bit. Those are the things that the coaching staff has to do better. Uh, ben says, I thought Butler played okay. We need Jackson back in a hurry. Yeah, Butler was a better player in the second half than the first half. I was, I was a little bit disappointed in his play in the first half. He had that back-to-back sequence, though. Uh, where he broke up two touchdown passes, and of course that was very strong. And I think after that he really settled in. That may have been the jump start for for him this season that he needed. Uh, Ethan says we're winning close games, which is big for us. Yeah, and what I always say to Patreon subscribers, I say it on the show, is just win. Right? We can predict blowouts. We can predict 10-point wins, 5-point wins. It doesn't matter. In the National Football League, the only number that matters is the number in the left and right-hand column of that inside of those parentheses. And right now, there's a zero in the right-hand column and a three in the left, and that's what you want for the Titans, right? You have a chance. Everything you want is in front of you. You still have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl this year. You have an opportunity to get the number one seed in the AFC. You have an opportunity to win your division. You have your opportunity to go to 4-0 next week against Pittsburgh. Win every week. That's all that you should focus on. And the Titans won the football game. That, that's really the only important thing that matters. All right. Uh, those are my, my general thoughts on the game. Like I said, of course, if you if you don't tune in, tune in on, on Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., because we'll show tape from this game. We'll show tape from the Vols game yesterday. We'll preview their matchups next week. We'll talk a lot about Pittsburgh and what they did. So we'll look back at this game. We'll go through what happened, why it happened with some tape. It, it's, it's a very unique show, we feel like, and it's a lot of fun. So we hope you'll tune in for that. Uh, join us at Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Myself and Chase Hope. Chase will be back. Uh, it will be a good show or a big game next week, and 
it will be a good show on Wednesday. Do not miss it. And, of course, I will wrap it up with the housekeeping. Follow us on Twitter, at TNTalkPod. Like us on Facebook. If you're new to the page, click that like button. Give us a recommendation and five stars if you like the show. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us why you like my beautiful face and why I'm the better co-host than Chase Hoke is. Make sure you let him know about it, that you love watching Noah do the Tennessee Talk overtimes. Let him know on Wednesday. Send him a message on Twitter. Just reach out to him, at ChaseHoke underscore. Be like, yo, where were you? Come on. You got to come through. All right, but he'll be back on Wednesday for the show. Uh, our Patreon, it is 7 bucks a month to get you access into the private Tennessee Talkers group. You see that merchandise link? They got that a, week, a day early with some huge discounts. It'll happen again in the future for them. So if you want to be in on that, you got to subscribe to the Patreon. That's pinned to the top of our page. Our merchandise link is here in the comment section and on our page as well. Make sure you jump on that. A lot of comfortable stuff there. We are part of the UCR Media Network, UpperCumberlandReporter.com. There's a Tennessee Talk tab, all lays written content on Titans, Vols, Preds, and Grizzlies. And we're partnered with TNS, at 10 Sports on Instagram. That's at 10 Sports for all the content over there on all the teams. Chris does a great job with that. All right, I will see you Wednesday at 7.30. Everybody, our teams have played for Tennessee Talk. Our teams have played four games, and they are 4-0. We like that start to the season. I'm Noah McKay. We'll see you Wednesday. Until then, tighten up and have a great week, everybody. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it, to it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. A miracle for the Titans. <laughs> Here come the volunteers. Wherever you listen throughout the world, it's football time in Tennessee.